What's going on, everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show presented by No House Advantage. I am your host, Dave Lochran, at Lafay underscore D on the Twitters, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. For those of you who uh, are listening in podcast form, joining me, Adam Share at Ship My Money, DFS, over on the Twitter sphere as well. What's good, bro? 11 games today. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, nice, nice change from yesterday, I guess. But uh, it was nice get nice taking the day off yesterday. So ready to get back into it. Yeah, man. And uh, Dave DeRemmer, what's up, dude? You've been crushing those parlays lately. Love to see it. Love to see it. Little help with some betting content over on the Odds Channel, maybe uh, OddsShopper.com as well. But yeah, just some sick parlays. Been uh, making things happen. Also, just want to throw this out there as we start the show off. Chris Karen just told me that we are 37 subscribers away from 75,000. We're almost there, which means, Jordan, we must have gained like 60-something just yesterday alone. So good stuff. Appreciate you guys. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Subscribe to the channel. Be part of history here. Uh, And if you want to join, hit that join down below. You get the free Super Chats each month, the custom emojis, those sweet badges that you see in chat. Some people iced up with the 12 month, the one year badge. We'll always prioritize your questions, your comments, along with our premium discord members. And uh, we're doing some fun stuff for, for members too, like the March madness bracket we did and, and some other stuff. Anyway, uh, we got a lot of games, Adam. So I say we dive into this really <clears throat> spend some time on the games that are most important here on 11 games. You, you and I say it all the time. They're just, you're going to get a lot of games. It, it's odd, but it's the way it works, where with 11 games, sometimes you can actually get through it quicker. Yeah, exactly. They're, most of the time on 11 games slates, you get to the end, and it's like, oh, wow, that didn't take nearly as long as we thought. Yeah, there's just some games that you're not going to be talking much about. Uh, we did get an ownership ranking or an ownership update. Ownership rankings for NBA are free today. PGA rankings are free. NHL player rankings are free. So let's make it happen. Glad you guys are here hanging out on a Wednesday morning. And uh, it's time to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The Dwight Howard thing. I hear you guys. That happens with that team. And sometimes it just doesn't play. Yeah, suddenly Trevor Ariza plays 23 minutes because why not? Yeah. And uh, Luca has 75 fantasy points in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I, I wasn't paying any attention to NBA, but I saw the tweet that uh, Luca had like a 30-point triple-double like five minutes into the second half. Great. Yeah, it's great. Also, someone just fired Doc Rivers into the sun. <laughs> just 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 get rid of this guy, man. He, he's he's just getting you ready for all the stupid decision making in the playoffs. 100 percent. That's why that one guy that tweeted us when I was taught when I was tweeting about Doc, he's like, yeah, but pl- like playoff basketball coaches don't matter. And I, I was like, yeah, tell that to the guy that's blown more three gate three win series than anyone in the history of basketball as a head coach in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that playoff basketball is like the one time coaches actually kind of do matter. I'm assuming what he meant, and I get it, like your starters are playing a ton of minutes. Sure. But you still have to coach. Like you still have to draw up good plays on the final possession in a one possession game of the postseason, right? Like you still need to figure out ways to slow down a Giannis Antetokounmpo, not stop him, but slow him down. There's a lot of things that go into to, to coaching. And Doc just seemed, it's funny because like everyone has figured out how to play with Harden uh, at the helm now, like Tobias Harris looks way better. Maxi looks good. 
Uh, Doc's like still the only one scratching his head still. I can't figure out how to use James Harden. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, but like you said, Milwaukee's a better team. What I was saying, though, is when you're the Sixers and you blow a double-digit lead early in the fourth quarter because you have a five, you have a starting, you have a lineup out there. First of all, the Bucks big three were out there on the court. Harden and, and Embiid weren't out there, and you can't put Thibel out there as your best perimeter defender because he can't score so if you don't have scores out there you can't have Thibel so your best your two best defenders are off the floor uh, in Harden and Matisse Thibel and Bede's off the floor and you wonder why you're getting ravaged because Giannis is just running through the Andre Jordan and you're relying on like Furkan Korkmaz and Shake Milton to keep it close yeah also why is the Andre Jordan still playing I did I mean like that's that's the, <laughs> oddly enough that's the least of our concern right now <laughs> All right, Dallas playing on the second of a back-to-back. They're coming into Cleveland, who will be without uh, – or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, my fault. Let me start with Denver and Indy. All right, Jordan, I, I got you, man, I got you. I want to get my head cut off over here. Denver, nine-and-a-half-point favorites against the tanking Pacers. We'll get into that injury news in a second. But uh, right now we'll kick it off with the Denver Nuggets, starting with Nikola Jokic. Aaron Gordon just came out of nowhere the other day. Had like 15 points in the first nine minutes of that game. But uh, Jokic is one of many top-tier players on tonight's slates, although it is a very, very good matchup. Yeah, Jokic has just drawn a couple of premier matchups back-to-back. He got the Charlotte one the other day. Now you get Indiana. I mean, he should just absolutely shred this team. They're so bad right now. They have no sort of um, front court, you know, defense, rebounding, really anything. Uh, So absolutely love Jokic. I think that goes without saying. Beyond that, it is a good spot for guys like Barton, Gordon, Morris, um, but kind of the same thing that we've always said about these guys on the bigger slates, especially this time of year. You're just probably going to find enough good plays that you don't really end up getting to a whole lot of of anyone outside of Jokic. That's that's where I'm at too. Now, Indy is at least somewhat interesting because we're waiting on news. But first off, even are the prices on Indy now to a point where like even is Brogdon we have him out uh last he's he's questionable but but we don't expect him to play yeah right so Chris Duarte's out Isaiah Jackson's questionable Goga Batadze is questionable even with Malcolm Brogdon out of our projections it's still a team that is really not getting any love whatsoever. And I think a lot of that just comes down again to the fact that prices are starting to reflect the tanking. Yeah, uh, the prices have certainly adjusted. I do think that if Goga plays at 5,900, that's still a decent price tag. But even that, like, you're not in love with it. You're not going out of your way to jam in a ton of, of Batadze, but it's still a decent price tag. Same can be said for $7,300 Buddy Heald with shooting guard, small forward eligibility. I think they look like the top two guys to me from Indiana, but still neither one looks like a true priority. Um, if Goga is out, then $6,100 Jalen Smith starts to look better. Um, if I, I guess if Goga and Isaiah Jackson are out, uh, actually Isaiah Jackson's not on the injury report anymore. So, oh no, he is. He is. I missed him. Yeah. So if they're both out, then, you know, Terry Taylor starts to look a little better at 4,400, but assuming those guys are in, like if we assume the questionable guys other than Brogdon are in to me, it's kind of just taking some shots at Batadze and healed. And that's pretty much about it. And I will say this much. Tyrese Halliburton is $7,600 on FanDuel. Yeah, totally different price on FanDuel. Than like, that's just stupid. He's a great play on FanDuel. A great play on FanDuel. Yeah, it's almost like he should just be 
priced right in between where the sites have him because on DraftKings, like obviously he's really good, but on DraftKings, it's just still so difficult to get to him at 9,700. And then on FanDuel, he's just kind of a no-brainer. So it's like, yeah, everybody's going to be there. Yeah, and obviously assuming Brogdon's out, but still 7,600 is crazy. He's getting 21% there. Uh, 1.15 FanDuel points per minute without Brogdon. How much? 1.15 FanDuel points per minute. Yeah, and he's still playing big minutes. He still played 40 minutes last game. In a game they lost by nine, and they were down big all game. So that's that's definitely an appealing spot, but way different on DraftKings and FanDuel. On, on DraftKings, it's going to be difficult, really difficult to get there. Now with Dallas, they're playing their second of a back-to-back, three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh we're already we're already getting into two of the the highest priced you know most elite players in the first two games. Luka Doncic, I'm not worried about a back to back here. He's definitely you know played 30 minutes last game, uh, effortless, effortlessly. It's a word I have very diff, a difficult time saying. But a 213 total going up against you know two very slow paced teams. Usually Dallas is getting a nice pace up spot. Uh, in this case, Cleveland still plays pretty damn slow too. Yeah, um, I, I prefer Jokic to Luka if you can get there, but this is definitely a situation where uh, you, you're not, you can't go wrong, really. Luka still looks very good. Uh, if you do end up getting a big ownership gap between him and Jokic, then it makes him look good in tournaments as well. Right now, we have Jokic getting like 12 to 13% ownership on DraftKings, Luka getting around 8 to 9%, but those numbers probably go up as we get more value throughout the day. So, um, yeah, I mean, Luka looks good, but... Clearly not as good as he did last night, given that his salary has jumped $600 overnight, and it's just a less appealing spot against Cleveland than you had against the Lakers. I don't see anything on an 11-game slate for Dallas that's even remotely appealing outside of some Luka Doncic. Nothing. No, me neither. Do you think with Cleveland we are going to get like legitimate value here? Now, Markkinen's not on the injury report, which is good. He did leave last game and then returned. Uh He's 6,500. We have eight guys projected for ownership. Dean Wade's out for the year, or to for any ownership, I should say. Dean Wade's out for the year. Jared Allen's still out. Evan Mobley's been ruled out. Kevin Love feels like the obvious answer here. It's a tough matchup, but he is the type of guy that can put up big numbers if you give him the minutes. Yeah, and I expect him to get the minutes with Mobley out. Uh, he played 32 minutes against what was it, Toronto when he started last game, uh, Mobley got hurt in the first half, Love started the second half, ended up getting to 32 and a half minutes. So there's no reason that you should be looking at Kevin Love and like be skittish that, you know, they're going to limit his minutes or something like that. Uh, so I expect him to be getting, you know, low 30s in minutes. 6,900 is a pretty good price tag for him. He's a solid point per minute guy, well over a fantasy point per minute. Um, him being out there does cut into, I mean, it, it replaces Mobley's rebounding numbers, but also probably cuts into guys like Markkinen a little bit too, because we know Love is a good rebounder. Um, he's a higher usage guy than Mobley, so takes a little bit away from Garland now that he's playing with Love and with Levert. But at 10-2, I wasn't going to be that interested in Garland one way or the other. I think So I, I think Love looks good. I think you can get to some Karis Levert at 5,900. He's been playing big minutes since joining the starting lineup, uh, played another 33 last game, and would have probably played more. If he had closed, they closed with Dylan Windler and Lamar Stevens. For I was going to ask you about that. I mean, Levert I was Levert and Love weren't in the closing lineup. Yeah, I don't know. I just I had assumed it was a blowout, but it was a six point win and a Coro Garland and Markinen all closed. So I don't know what happened there. I don't expect it to happen again. They were down by a point or two when they made that change, and then they pulled away, which was yeah really weird. But 
I agree. I, I don't expect that to happen again. Plus, Kevin Love played 32 minutes off the bench. So uh, it's a good spot. Do you want to get to any other bigs here or, or any really anybody else in the, in the, in the, on the Cavs? No, I think it's just Love and Lavert that look the best. Okay. Keep it moving. See what I mean? We can get through this concise but comprehensive and get things done. Orlando plus three against Washington. Also, uh, Wizards on a back-to-back. Got smoked yesterday by – who the hell? I don't even remember. Chicago. Oh, the Bulls. Yeah, 219 total. Suggs is out. Wendell Carter Jr. is out as well. So taking him out of the front court, they're easily the most productive player. Hey, to Chuma Okiki, like, do we have to go back? Do I really have to go back to Chuma Okiki today? I mean, you don't have to. It's an 11 game slate. You're going to have plenty of options, but he does look like a good value piece at 5,100. He's likely to play into the mid 30s. Uh, he's, you know, around a 0.85 fantasy point per minute guys. So, and it's a good spot against Washington. So um, I'm fine going back to Okiki. Obviously he was really bad the last time that he was in this spot. And you know, if, if you went to him, but no real reason not to get back to him. Cole Anthony sees a little bit of a usage bump. Franz Wagner looks a little bit better. Uh, don't think either one of those guys is like a true priority, but I think they are a little bit underpriced. And then we kind of know what we're getting with RJ Hampton too, where he's $3,800. He's likely to play a bunch of minutes. He's not a good point per minute guy, but Assuming he plays low to mid-30s at 3,800, he's still going to project as a good value. What about Mo Wagner? Yeah, I think that in tournaments he makes some sense. Um, I wouldn't play him with Bamba, but I think that if you – but both of those guys really in tournaments, like on average, I think they're just kind of correctly priced with Bamba at 6K and with Mo Wagner at 4,500. But if Bamba plays more minutes than we expect, he's going to look really good. And same goes for Mo Wagner because they're both – good point per minute guys it's not a washington front court that you are concerned about taking guys against um so it's more so tournaments than anything else for me but i, I do like the ceilings for those guys paul dz welcome to team awesome bro nice to have you here badge looks good you know what i noticed jordan that the badge that he has and the one that shows up on the screen are different I'm telling you right now, there's a bronze badge that pops up. And then his is the silver badge. Just saying, just saying. It's good to be consistent. It's good to be consistent. Yeah, that's okay. No one else, no one else is paying attention to that but me. But uh, welcome, Paul. Glad to have you part of the team. Washington. Um, so Arkathels has said, isn't this a Mo revenge spot? It is. And also, if you want to play the narrative game, it's homecoming for Mark- Markel Fultz. Eh. Just putting that out there so that when Fultz goes nuts in 20 minutes, I can say I called it. Homecoming, you said? Yeah, he's from, he's from here. No, he's from here. He went to Washington for college. He went to, he went to DeMatha for high school. Oh, yeah? You think he cares about that? I mean, it's a friends and family game. Yeah. No, I don't think he cares. But okay. (laughs) I mean, he probably cares. He probably cares, but I don't think it matters for fantasy. Just in case, if we were going to talk about Mo uh, Mo Wagner revenge, I figured we should talk about Fultz friends and family game. You know who had a big friends and family game was against the Six Bones Highland had his entire family in the in the and had a had a big game. The reason they won that wasn't Jokic. I mean, Jokic was good, but. Uh, yeah, it was old Bones Highland. You know what his real name is? Nashawn. Nice. 
Surprised you knew that. Yeah. Washington. Kristaps Porzingis, second in a back-to-back again today. He did play 32 minutes in a back-to-back last time out, so uh, he has been playing them. Uh, unless you see him just rest them because it's the Wizards and it doesn't matter, there's that. But uh, do we want to go back to him on an 11-gamer? The price is starting to get a little, little, bit, little bit high. Yeah, the price is creeping up. Um, it's still a good spot for him, and he's still a very good point-per-minute guy, especially without Kuzma, but really regardless. Um, so I do still like him in tournaments. I mean, I assume he, he's at a price point where I don't expect him to be, like, massively popular or anything. Right now we have him projected for 17% ownership. I think that's reasonable. Um, we have, you know, him coming in a little bit over-owned, but I still think it's a good spot, assuming that they don't rest him. You're still expecting him to play around 30 minutes or so. Um, and then behind him, it's just the same thing we've been saying about Washington for weeks now, it feels like. Like, literally everybody else in the rotation is playable, and none of them stand out as, like, legit top-tier options. Denny Avdi has been playing really well off the bench, giving you 28 to 30 minutes. 5,300 seems pretty much the correct price for him maybe a little bit cheap um Rui certainly has a ceiling at 4600 so does Kispert at 4100 but just none of these guys really stand out so um kind of you know the same groups as I talked about yesterday um I don't want Porzingis and Gafford together I wouldn't want Sadoransky or Smith together probably don't want more than two of I mean I don't know why you'd be playing three wizards anyway but um wouldn't want more than if you are wouldn't want more than two of like the Avdia Rui Kispert group. Okay. Uh, I will. I don't know what his assist prop is, but uh, I'll go right back to that again today. If it's where it was yesterday for, for Thomas Sadoransky, just been killing the overs on the assist props for Washington. Cause they don't really have anybody else there. That's a quality playmaker. Uh, assuming that Kyle Kuzma's out and he's expected to sit. So uh, waiting on that. If you get four and a half again, or whatever it was the other day, it might have been even three and a half for Sadoransky. Uh, definitely a good spot to hit. I'll have the betting video up at two o'clock too on the Odd Shopper channel. All right, uh, let's keep going. Miami and Boston, another really low scoring projected game. Miami five point dogs. Duncan Robinson added to the injury report. Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent. This this is just one where. Like assuming Butler and and Adebayo and and Lowry and all of these guys are in and there's no reason to believe they won't be. There's just nothing that stands out. Boston's a good defensive team. This could be a fun game to watch between two teams that could meet deep into a into the postseason. But from a from a DFS standpoint, I don't like Miami even a little bit today. No, I mean, I, it's like the obligatory. You're not going to be shocked if Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo give you a, a big game. But sure. um, yeah, I don't like the matchup. I don't like the pricing really i think they're they're priced pretty much correctly i don't think much stands out here outside of you know if you're playing 150 lineups you're going to sprinkle in a little bit of bam and butler here and there i'm with you now boston's a a little bit different here we can get into this uh and and kind of break this down but tatum and 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 jalen brown are both probable by the way so there's that uh but like i said Boston over the last month is playing at the second slowest pace in the league. It just makes Miami not great. Miami bottom seven in pace. Boston top three in defense. Miami eighth. Overall, just uh, really not that appealing. Uh, Robert Williams is out with that meniscus tear. But now what are you really opening up with everybody else back for Boston? Grant Williams priced up. Uh, you know, even like Daniel Tice is priced up, but Horford's back today anyway. So I mean, it's, it's pretty ugly. 
Yeah, I kind of feel like Boston is just exactly what we just said about Miami. Right. Um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, obviously they're very talented. They're capable of having big enough games to justify their prices, but uh, they're priced correctly on an 11-game slate where you're going to find plenty of guys that aren't. The matchup's not very appealing. Uh, and as a whole, like you're just getting a team that, like you said, they've gotten more expensive because of guys being out. Now you're getting those guys back, and you know, pretty much whenever that happens, you get a pretty unappealing team. One thing I did forget to mention from Miami, um, Max Drews did start over Duncan Robinson last game. He's only 3,400. He played 30 minutes in that game. Uh, if he's in the starting lineup again, I don't mind getting there, but it's also the type of value play that as stuff opens up, probably gets pushed down the board. Okay. Arkadelza says, am I crazy for running the target players off the bench playing against OKC and Portland? Yeah, on an eleven-game slate, absolutely. I think you're crazy. I mean, it depends who we're talking about. Well, I'm not. No, I'm. If you're talking about off the bench, there's a big misconception. Like the sixth man, like key role bench players suffer more than starters in big blowouts because they yeah, just yeah, don't, I, yeah. So like if, if so, if, I'm if, assuming if the, he's talking. I'm assuming he's talking about like deep bench blowout run guys. Right. Yeah. If if that's what he's talking about, then yeah, completely. I'll say if we're talking about like. Bogdanovich off the bench or something, then sure, but that kind of has nothing to do with OKC or Portland anyway. So no, uh, yeah, I mean, I, Bogdanovich I, is more a starter than than he is a bench player in terms of just overall role. Right. Yeah. Uh, assuming that that's what he meant, and that you're right. Uh, yeah, you're crazy for trying to grab guys off the bench. Yeah. Plus, then you'll have Portland go out there and keep it close through three quarters. Like it's just yeah. It's who knows. You know, it's crazy, man. This 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 will. This might blow your mind. So the, the best team against the spread this season is the Oklahoma City Thunder in the entire team. league. They're 46-25-4 against the spread. That's crazy. Right? On the road, they're 27-11 and 11 away from home. Just so not. Granted, the spreads are huge, but still. Uh, yeah, best team against the spread this year. Is the is the Oklahoma City Thunder? I thought that was pretty interesting. All right, let's talk Minnesota and Toronto then. But it should be a close game, two twenty nine and a half total. Toronto's laying three points uh, at home here, but we'll kick it off with Minnesota first. Another team that is largely healthy outside of Jaden McDaniels, but you have seen some of these price points come down to I guess more palatable spots. Maybe they're decent tournament options like Russell's at sixty six hundred, Edwards at seventy three. Towns is at 96. Uh, Beverly continues to be a, a decent just kind of plug-in option if you need him at sub 5K. But uh, I think another one of those teams where you're not prioritizing them, but if you end up with a few of these guys, as you were saying with like a Butler type, uh, you'd be okay with it, even though they're probably a bit more appealing than, than Miami, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I think it is similar, but they are just a bit more favorably priced than Boston or Miami. Um, you know, 7,300 for Edwards, you know the type of upside he gives you. D'Angelo Russell at only 6,600, likely to play 30 to 32 minutes over a fantasy point per minute guy. So pretty decent price there. Towns under 10K is always at least somewhat appealing. Um Jalen Noel at 3,500, you could use as a value option, at least until um, better stuff opens up. So I think as a whole, Minnesota is a little bit underpriced, uh, Beverly at 4,900 as well. But it's not like there's one specific guy that I'm looking at and saying like, oh, yeah, I think this is very clearly the best play. It's more so I just think as a whole, they look pretty good and I'll be getting to, you know, all of them. Looking right now at the ownership, um, Edwards leads the way at 13% on DraftKings. Towns is at 11, Beverly's at 11, Noel's at 8, Russell's at 6. 
uh, and their optimal lineup percentages are basically about the same. So it's just a good team to target across the board. Okay. And now, Arkatha, still no. Like the Pelicans are are fighting for a play-in game, and Atlanta still needs to win. To like, no, you just you don't overthink that. He, so, like, he mentioned Okongwu um, specifically. Th- sure, but, like, Okongwu's playable just because he's 3,500 and in his normal role, that's a pretty decent price tag. Right. Um, like, if the game blows out, sure, maybe he gets a couple of extra minutes, but, like, that's still not wired. Like, if he were, like, 4,500 or something, you, you still wouldn't be playing him. Right. Right, yeah, he's just decent. But what I'm saying is, though, right. like, you don't want to play this. You don't want to overthink it and start playing everything for a blowout or play it for – for this or for, for that reason or this reason or, or whatever. That's that's all. Uh, where was I at? Oh, Toronto. Toronto's kind of interesting. I'm still not convinced that Van Vliet's back to, to, to his normal self, and we won't need to worry about that today, really. Uh, really, when you look at this, OG Ananobi is probably a little bit too cheap still, at least on DraftKings coming in at 5,700. Uh, he went in his return. He played 26, then he played 28 minutes. Uh, and then he played 40 minutes, Adam. So uh, I, I think it's safe to say that Ananobi's back to full capacity here. And if that's the case, I know it was an overtime game, but still 35 minutes coming off a 28-minute game, 35-plus uh, minutes, which we can expect nightly from this Nick Nurse starting lineup, is is pretty appealing at 5,700. And Minnesota plays at the fastest pace in the league. Yeah, uh, he's Ananobi's the only guy on Toronto really pulling ownership on DraftKings at 15%. Um, I think that makes sense. You know, he, like you said, he's just a little bit underpriced given that we're expecting him to play full minutes. He's only 5,700. He's averaged uh, 0.89 DraftKings points per minute this season. So it's not like he's a bad point per minute guy. I think Gary Trent may be a little bit underpriced too, just for his upside and the fact that he has shooting guard small forward eligibility. Uh, he's averaged 0.85 DraftKings points per minute this year. Obviously, his usage takes a big hit when Fred Van Vliet's in, but if Trent's knocking down shots, he still can have those big games. So I think that um, Ananobi and Trent look like the most favorably priced guys, and then you know Siakam, Van Vliet, and Barnes are sort of in the like Jimmy Butler category of they can have big games, and if I get, to the, if I get there a little bit, that's fine, but they don't really stand out as much. Jorge, thank you for the super chat. Said, would you prioritize to have it in the same lineup for DK Slate, Luca, and Nicholas? So I'm assuming Jokic, despite that, despite them being expensive, and it will leave $4,700 average. I haven't made lineups. I would say no on an 11 game slate, uh, but I have no idea. The answer might be yes by five o'clock. Right. Yeah. So I, the, the way I would answer it is, I never, I never go in like trying to make that happen if it happens it happens you know like it just means there's a lot of value on the slate um but the answer like like you were saying it ends up coming down to how much value there is right now it's probably pretty difficult to get there um and and have lineups that you like if by lock we've gotten you know three teams that have decided to rule out six different guys then it's going to be really easy to do that so um yeah how much value there is dictates the answer but also from a process standpoint i think you open yourself up to making a lot of mistakes if you're going in saying like i need to have both of Doncic and Jokic, instead of sort of letting projections and letting the slate make that decision for you so just like jamming two high priced guys and and figuring it out around them doesn't make a lot of sense yeah right but like you said that could be the optimal way to go based on what we get so Right. Yeah. Like if I start building lineups and I notice that, you know, I'm just getting one of Luca or Jokic everywhere, I'm not going to say like, oh man, I really want both. 
right. I need to change this up. Right. And, How do I rework this? Yeah. Right. And similarly, if I am getting both, I'm certainly not going to be like, oh, I don't want both of these guys together. Like, it, it's just let, let the projections, let what the slate gives you dictate what you're doing there. You know where you can play both of these guys together and easily over at No House Advantage, because unlike your traditional DFS sites, they have taken DFS and made it into player prop contest. Really a, a nice concept here. You're getting the overs, the unders, right? And what you're doing is building lineups with them. No salary cap, no juice on the over, the under, just taking props over or under. So you want to take Nikola Jokic over uh, points and, and Jokic uh, or, and Doncic over assists. You can throw them both in. The one you like at the top of the lineup or the one you like the most goes at the top of the lineup. Uh, the prop that you're least confident in, but you got to get it in there goes at the bottom. Uh, more points to the ones you like most, less points to the ones you, you are least confident in. And when you sign up and use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, all new users, all of them, get $25 when they sign up. You have mass entry capability, big prize pools over there. And, well, this is the best part. We have no house projections and the optimal lineup tool, totally free, 365 days a year, over at awesomeo.com that you could take advantage of. We have our player props tool. We have oddshopper.com, all of them free. Compare them against the props at No House Advantage, which are static. They do not change throughout the day, regardless of news. So find the edge there, especially using our projections to give you that edge that you're looking for. Use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Get your $25 and download the app in the App Store, Google Play Store, or just simply go to NoHouseAdvantage.com if you prefer to do it that way. No House Advantage, sponsor of the strategy show. Get over there. All right. What's up next? We got five down, six to go. Charlotte and the New York Knicks, 223 and a half total. Charlotte is laying two on the road here. Well, let's just let's just dive into the Hornets then, Adam. Is is anybody in this same range that we've seen every single like their prices just don't change at this point? Uh interesting for Charlotte. Yeah, I feel like it's just the same thing every day now every for, week. for Charlotte. It feels um, like we're talking about an every five-day pitching rotation, right. you know, and then the same <laughs> matchup. Yeah, exactly. Um, LaMelo Ball's got a really high ceiling. He doesn't stand out as the best option in his price range. He's certainly not the worst. Um, he's not going to get a ton of ownership as a result. And so he looks good in tournaments. You know, not somebody that I'm likely to just be jamming into a huge percentage of lineups, but uh, not – likely to, to get much ownership and averages around 1.3 DraftKings points per minute. So I'm um, always fine getting him in tournaments right now. He's projected for about 5% ownership with a 9% chance of being optimal on DraftKings. Beyond him, it's sort of the same thing, just at different price ranges. You know, Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, uh, even Plumlee at 4,400. Like these guys are all capable of pretty drastically beating those price tags if things break their way. But on average, they're just kind of correctly priced. I'm going to... Uh... I'll throw something out there that is in complete disagreement with pretty much all of our ownership and, and everything else there, but I can't help but look at Mitchell Robinson and, and, and get pretty excited about some tournament appeal here, just given the matchup. I mean, Charlotte defensively in the front court particularly is just so bad. They play fast. They, they, they can't, they can't limit rebounding. They can't limit scoring to big men specifically. Uh, low usage player in Robinson. I get all of that, but played 35 minutes last game. He has that upside to get a lot of run and he's projected for 1% ownership in this matchup. Yeah. I love Robinson in tournaments. As long as the ownership is low. Um, he's just like the prototypical guy that you want 
type of guy that you want in tournaments. Like right. his playing time is really volatile because like he gets in foul trouble frequently enough to lose minutes. That keeps his price tag down. But if this game's competitive and he's not in foul trouble, there's no reason you can't get him north of 30 minutes. He's around the fantasy point per minute guy on average, has a really good matchup here against Charlotte. And because the price tag is a little expensive for his medium projection, you're just not going to get ownership there. But there's so much volatility in the playing time. Like when his medium projection, you can't really project him for more than like 28 minutes because he just doesn't get north of that often enough but in those games where he gets 34 you're talking about an extra six minutes for somebody that averages a fantasy point per minute plus if he gets those extra minutes he's probably playing well and so you're, you're talking about even more production potentially so um, I'm with you in tournaments I think Robinson makes a ton of sense he's like the Francisco Liriano of the NBA like when Francisco Liriano I know you know what I'm talking about would Yo, come out there and you could tell within the first you know the first three batters he faced, whether it was going to be a good day or a bad day. And if it was bad, you just turn it off and you don't watch because he's not going to get there. With Mitchell Robinson, you can usually just tell early what kind of day it's going to be. And even if it's decent, you probably don't want to watch anyway because it's too painful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that not, not a bad comparison. You always, like Liriano, you're at either negative five or like plus 10 after the first inning. <laughs> Out of the um, gate, yeah. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. like Ro yeah, Robinson, it's kind of like um, if he doesn't have 20 fantasy points in the first quarter, it, it's probably not going to be his night. But uh, he does it you know, just often enough where he's always appealing at low ownership. And it speaks to what you're saying, too, is embracing the volatility. Anytime you play Liriano, you're embracing the fact that you may get a negative and he might not make it out of the first. Right. Yeah. Do you want to get to anything else for the Knicks then up top with like Barrett or Burks? I think the price tag on Barrett is pretty reasonable, especially considering he has point guard and small forward eligibility. Uh, he's 8,100 on DraftKings. He's getting 15% ownership. I, I understand why. I think that makes some sense. Burks at 6,200 is fine. Um, kind of surprised he's getting as much ownership as he is, but uh it is a good matchup. And the same can be said for Randall at 9,300. You know, I don't mind getting there. Uh, he's, I guess, in the, like, LaMelo ball category. Jordan, Chick-fil-A breakfast stinks. You enjoy that, that's it? A that's a bad take. You, I, I don't love think I've ever heard anybody have that take. I, it's not good. I love Chick-fil-A. Love Chick-fil-A, right? Those dry-ass biscuits in the morning are not good. You don't get those. You don't get the biscuit. What do you you got to get the chicken minis. It's so it's like little. You, you get those, Adam. It's like a little Hawaiian roll. They put like honey on it, and it's like, and they put the little chicken nugget in it. So good. Nah, Dude, give me an egg McMuffin any day with a hot hash brown or a I'm Wendy's. Yeah, dude, Wendy's breakfast baconator, unreal. Oh, oh god. Oh my god is right, but that was uh, they're, they're delicious. I'm telling. Oh. Nah, Chick-fil-A Chick breakfast is rough, man. Daryl Ward apparently is has you know equity stake in, in Chick-fil-A because this dude is pissed off right now. Somebody said but, that's a Josh level take. It, the breakfast just isn't good. I mean, it's, I, I, look, if you're a fan of, of 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 the the biscuit that falls apart before it even reaches your mouth, I I can understand why you would enjoy Chick-fil-A. No, nah, it's the chicken minis though. So what are they? What are the chicken minis? Jordan, you can 
describe it. Because the right. chicken on the biscuit it's like, sucks. The chicken. On, I, I completely agree. The chicken biscuit is okay, not great. So maybe I'm I, a it, off it's like the new. We it's, can find a yeah. Common ground. It's like the nature valley of like chicken sandwiches. You know, just falls apart everywhere. But the 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 chicken mini <laughs> is like a. <laughs> <That's> a good, <laughs> the chicken mini. The chicken mini is like a Hawaiian roll, and then there's like a chicken nugget inside of it, and it's like sweet on the top. They put like honey or something on the top of it, and it's so good. You could dip it in sauce. Fire. Super good. Ten All out right, of ten. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try that. Uh, but you agree, the biscuit's not good. I've never had it. The Nature Valley take is great, Jordan. I eat them over the sink. <laughs> I swear to God, I tried to eat one in my office the other day, and I had to vacuum. Wait, so how many times have you gotten it, considering how passionately you dislike it? Twice. I thought the first okay. time it would be better, or the second time would be better. Maybe I just got a bad batch. But uh, I, I, I tried the biscuit. And it was it was shit. So I'll, I'll go for the chicken minis next time. But like, I'm sorry if you don't think uh, an old fashioned egg McMuffin and hash brown and with a coffee or an orange juice is good. You're crazy. Yeah, it's just the classic. And you got to do it with sweet and sour sauce. Don't knock it. Try it. I, they good. look at me like I have seven heads when I when I ask for sweet and sour for breakfast. Like the one day the woman just put five sweet and lows in my bag. They have, <laughs> they have no idea. No idea at all. Were you but, drinking coffee or was that like for your orange juice? I didn't get coffee. I, I know you didn't ask for it. I'm, I'm saying like, what did she think you like? Exactly. Right. She like, thought sweet I'm, and sour was weird, but then she thought sweet and low was the answer. What was right. the sweet and low for? <laughs> right. She was, so, I think I put her brain into a blender asking for sweet and sour <laughs> with with uh with a egg mcmuffin oh dude but just the hash brown or the egg mcmuffin and sweet and sour bang yeah. and i i do give a slight edge to the sausage mcmuffin over the egg mcmuffin but i like your sausage okay i'm an egg McMuffin. i'm a i'm a basic you know i, I, I like both but yeah. i'll do both for sure you know what i've never eaten though and we we got it actually we're doing okay on time wow yeah i was, I was gonna remind you that you gave me the like we're actually not doing that bad talk today <laughs> yeah we're not doing that you you know what i've never i've never had a mcgriddle I think I did once by accident because they like gave me the wrong thing and I was already driven away. So I just ate it. Um, but yeah, I, and I don't even know for sure if that's what it was, but other than that, okay. neither have I. Yeah. All right. I, I'm going to try that honey cr chicken croissant. I tried the, uh, the hot honey sandwich from Wendy's the other day too. It was good. What's the best chicken sandwich? And then we'll move on. Um, I mean, let's be real. Popeye's chicken sandwich is legitimately as good as they say it is. I've still never had it. Oh, the spicy chicken sandwich is good. It's good. Popeye's yeah. has arguably the worst service anywhere ever. It's just, <laughs> it's just a shoddy operation. But the chicken sandwich is banging. Yeah, I don't know. I, I eat fast food so infrequently. I don't even have, especially like for lunch. I don't have an answer. I do it like once probably every two weeks, but I eat very healthy outside. I do like that. I was telling you kind of the 80% rule as long yeah. as 80% of my meals are good. Then I can do whatever I want for the other 20. The only time I eat fast food and it's almost always Taco Bell is if I'm like when, when I'm driving like to my mom's. So it's like a 45 minute drive. I'll just like stop and get food just so I have something to do in the car for like 10 minutes. Taco Bell's good. Chicken quesadillas. Yep. They got rid of the caramel apple empanada, which was a crime. Never had it. I, oh. I don't go to. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I pretty much always just get the ch uh, chicken quesadilla and a taco. I don't go too far away from that because I don't like tomatoes and they put that shit in everything. 
You don't like tomatoes? No. Not me neither. Not a big tomato guy. Become a big, I, I enjoy the sliced pickle now on a, on a, I used to ask for no pickle. Now I, I'm happy if they give me extra on a burger. Yeah, or a chicken they, they've kind of grown on me. And I think tomatoes might kind of be growing on me too. I keep the last couple of times that I like, they've been on something and I didn't notice it until I like bit into it. It was more so like, oh, there's a tomato there. That's not bad, but I'll still take it off as opposed to like. Right. It's not bad, but I don't enjoy it like I would without the tomato. Right. Yeah, it's it also used to ridiculous. Be, though, it used to be like if I ate a tomato, like it was getting spit out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I, and it's ridiculous that like I have to, I was going to say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big pickle guy. Can't even say that with the way chat would react to that. You know, they just <laughs> go off the rails. Uh, ghetto farm boy Laffy, wait till your kid gets older, you'll start eating more fast food. Nah, man, I, I don't want that shit is awful. Like, even when I eat it, I, I think I told Adam this the other day because Adam and I are both trying to get in better shape. We talk about it once in a while. And I was saying, ever since I started eating healthier, only drinking water or like black coffee, ever since I started, uh, you know, working out more and everything, I've noticed that if I eat fast food, I immediately feel like I'm dead afterwards. And yeah. It's it's very noticeable. Yeah. Weirdly, Taco Bell is like the only fast food place. And this goes back to like college that I can eat and not feel like I'm dead. Like, yeah. But McDonald's, if you have like a double quarter pounder with cheese, you don't move for the rest of the day. Right. Yep. At all. Chick-fil-A, I guess, isn't terrible. But yeah, certain ones like McDonald's. Yeah, Chick-fil-A Chick doesn't make me feel bad either. Yeah. Ch McDonald's, you know, you've just been poisoned. Right. <laughs> you know? And then you go back. All right. Uh, did you where, where you got past the mix, right? Um, yeah. All right, let's talk about Atlanta and OKC here. We're still waiting on Danilo Gallinari and DeAndre Hunter. Look, we couldn't go an entire show only talking basketball, right? That would be <laughs> that would be out of character, and some people might get upset. Trey Young, uh, Okongwu is somebody you were talking about earlier, just as a decent value. But granted, if more value comes out on this slate, and it will, I'm telling you right now, it 100% will. Okongwu will not be 12% by the time this slate starts. Uh, and then Capella's 6,500 with Collins done. So uh, any thoughts Not know, now that we, we still have no idea what we're going to get out of Gallinari or Hunter, if they're going to be One, one follow-up, because do you consider Chipotle fast food? Dude, I asked my wife that the other day. I, I get tired after eating that, but the burritos are 900 calories, man. Right, yeah. I, so to, to me, like, I think there's a distinct class between like chipotle and your you know mcdonald's chick-fil-a yes but it's whatever. not ruth chris right yeah it's not like a great meal or anything but like i don't i don't consider it fast food otherwise chipotle obviously is my favorite fast food place sure i, I mean i don't beat myself up over it i i almost like convince myself that it's not it's not fast food in the same sense like the steak it's actual because i get the steak burritos it's it's steak right like justine gets the burrito bowls and they that's definitely not fast food in the in the general sense. But um, no, I think you're right. But I get yeah, like the, fa fast casual is right. It's yeah, fast. That, that works. Yeah. yeah. But the uh, what's the the case of Blanco? Oh, my God. Good stuff. The beans on there. It's white, right? You just, just do it all up. Did Adam freeze on it? No, he didn't. I thought you froze for a second. No, I was reading something that Chris sent me. What do you get from Chipotle? Um, usually burrito bowl with chicken and steak. Oh, you go with the bowl. Yeah, okay. it's I'm probably 50-50 between that and the burrito. Those burritos must be like you could use them as as jailhouse weights <laughs> or weapons. 
they're heavy. They're, have you ever have you ever ordered for more than one person like burritos and they give you because I just do the order now and I drive through the window. It's beautiful. I just get it delivered. Yeah. OK. But for me, it, it, I'm not doing that because the closest Chipotle is not that close. So I just do go when I'm in the area. Sure. Uh, if you have like two, 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 anyone that does Chipotle knows it. you have two burritos in a bag, they hand it to you. You're like, oh, shit, that's heavy. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. What do you OK? Where do we have 40 years out? What's up? Evan Fournier is out. Oh, okay. Did you want to revisit that? Uh, pro yeah. Um, so it probably makes quickly look a bit better. I don't know who will start in his place. Uh, you could certainly get kind of anybody. You could get quickly. You could get, uh, yeah, just kind of anybody. Um, Grimes is out too, so it won't be him. Obviously, uh, you could get McBride, uh, but quickly probably plays more minutes now at fifty two hundred. That starts to look pretty good. Uh, Joe, last thing here, and then we'll get through these games. JoJo brought up a good point, uh, more of an observation or an assumption, but how far away is Chipotle from you? Um, I, I don't know for sure where the closest one is. I know at most it's like a mile. Oh, okay. Okay. I was hoping it wasn't like a block down the road and you're getting delivered. Would no, you? No. Would you? Um. For a block, probably not. <laughs> what um, about two blocks in the summer or in a nice spring day? No, you know what I do if there's like a place that I know is like a few blocks away is I just order from one that's further away. <laughs> is that what you do? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why? Because I feel like. Is this an optics thing? Yeah, it's an optics thing. Um, I can, you know, just not know that that one is three blocks away and that's why i, yeah, I can't wait till someone drops it off and he's like dude you know there's one three blocks away right <laughs> be like oh I man can't. i had no idea i just moved yeah. here <laughs> you just be like listen i got i got this pal I, <laughs> I know what i'm doing here all right uh atlanta and okc do we have anything that we want to talk about with atlanta outside of the like obligatory trey young is fine uh clint capella is fine no, I mean, I think that's – they both look very good, I think, at their, their prices. Um, beyond that, you get to, you know, Bogdanovich, Gallo, Hunter, Herter. Like, those guys are all, I think, pretty neutral plays. We kind of already talked about a Kongwu, but I, I think between Capella and the Kongwu, I play more Capella. But um, in non-Capella lineups, especially if better value doesn't open up, I do think $3,500 a Kongwu is underpriced. All right, Teo Maladon. And with OKC, we still don't know if Trey Mann's going to play either. Like, that's – kind of makes that, that that can make things interesting but uh this this team isn't as good as they were last time out overtime against portland it, it was insane it was that last game of the night but you're still going to be getting this some maladon some some pogachevsky uh and then i don't know if trey man plays or not but he's up to 6k now yeah so if man is in he looks pretty good at 6k assuming he's going to play like 32 minutes or so Pogashevsky at 6,700, Roby at 6,200. All those guys look fine. Even Teo Maladon, like the price tag clearly has jumped to 5,700, but I still don't mind getting there. He was just uh, so wildly underpriced previously that he's still a pretty solid option. Um, obviously, there is more risk at 5,700 than there was at 4,500, but still projected for 29% ownership, only has like an 11% chance of being optimal right now. So that's not ideal, but um, we also haven't talked about many guys in this price range that we really like. So I think that's probably contributing to the ownership as well. Okay. Let's talk about Sacramento and Houston. Uh, Dame, 
the the whole Alex Len thing, I think, is actually interesting here. Do you think Damian Jones, if Alex Len sits again, can get like thirty plus minutes again? Last I mean, I game... think... Go ahead. I was gonna say, like, I mean, I would, I would think he's getting to around thirty typically, anyway. Anyway, right? But I'm saying, I, with Sabonis out, with the, the whole, the, they're down, and, and they, they, Holmes is out for the year. They, they don't really have many center options. It's just, a, it's a thought because last game we saw Damian Jones only play twenty five, but they got smoked. He was pretty, he was fine. He was a fantasy point per minute guy there. Uh, but what do you think this rotation looks like tonight? And should we? Should we be paying for Davion Mitchell, given how he's playing like 40 minutes in regulation right now? Yeah, I really like getting back to Sacramento tonight. Obviously, we kind of took the night off with them the other day when they played Miami, but totally different spot here against Houston. Uh, Damian Jones at 4,800, I think still looks pretty good. Like you said, he's around a fantasy point per minute guy. You're typically going to get like 26 to 30 minutes. Last game with Len out, um, they used Keta off the bench. He played 15 minutes. You got a little bit of Trey Lyles at center as well, but you know, in the spot, I still like Jones at that price tag. Um, Davion Mitchell at 7,600, I think is more than fair given how many minutes he's playing. He's a fantasy point per minute guy without Fox Halliburton or Sabonis on the floor this year, about a 24 and a half percent usage rate, assist percentage in the mid to upper twenties and a good matchup against Houston. So I like getting right back to him. Barnes at 5,900, Lyles at 5,700, DiVincenzo at 5,300, I think are all reasonable as well. I put them a little bit behind Mitchell and Jones, but certainly still playable. Um, and then even, you know, Matu at 3,900 played 26 minutes last game that I think is, it has the potential to be pretty volatile. Like you could certainly get some games where you get 20 to 22, others where you get 26, but at 3,900, there's a very high ceiling for him as well. Okay. Three games to go. Well, actually, no, we got to hit on, uh, on Houston first. So no Christian Wood, no uh, Schroeder, no Eric Gordon. And then Shingun's questionable here. So what would that mean? Just K.J. Martin, more minutes for K.J. Martin. Uh, this team's really hard right now not knowing Shingun's status, but it's a good matchup. Two bad teams that play at uh, elevated pace, 231.5 total. How are you breaking down Houston right now? Yeah, I mean, the Shane Goon news obviously is is huge. He didn't play in the fourth quarter last game because of that injury, but he played 29 minutes through the first three quarters. So if he's in, he's going to look good at 6,900 in a good spot playing without Christian Wood. If he's out, then I assume you're getting more KJ Martin. Um, Garuba was in the rotation last game for like 14 minutes. Don't know, you know, if they would give him more here or not, uh, but KJ Martin is not a bad fantasy point per minute guy. He's only $3,600. So even if Shangun is in, I think Martin is actually a decent value option. If he's out, I think Martin looks even better because more minutes just open up. Uh, similarly, I think you can go to Josh Christopher for some value here as well at 3,900. Um, not a great point per minute guy, but he's around, I think like 0.8 to 0.9 fantasy points per minute, likely to play into the mid twenties. Porter's got a very high ceiling at 7K. Jalen Green has a high ceiling at 6,500. And then even Jay Sean Tate at 4,500. Um, isn't a bad value, and he's someone else that I think would benefit if Shangun is out, just because uh, not only you know is there more production to go around, but it should help to solidify his minutes. Like if Shangun is in, you can possibly see you know KJ Martin play over Tate down the stretch. If Shangun is out, it's more unlikely that that happens. It's more likely you just get both of them. I know you guys have uh, a lot of you guys have already signed up for this, but you got opening day coming up in like a week for MLB, and we still have the promo code trout 
or just go to awesome.com slash promos or click the link in the description. Much easier than any of that. Uh, or the one that Jordan can throw in the chat right now. 25% off the entire season. Long season baseball. Entire season, 25% off. That's $80 off the top. You got player projections, top stack tool. The uh, You got the top pitchers tool, ownership projections, lineup builder. If you want to get the Fantasy Cruncher add-on, you can do that as well. Uh, all of that stuff, 25% off all the way through the 11th of April. So uh, take advantage of that. Get in on it. Get 25% off the top. Use the promo code TROUT at checkout. Honestly, I would just click the link or go to awesome.com slash promos. Make it a whole lot easier on yourselves. All right. Anything else for Houston here? No, I think it's just the team that across the board has a lot of good plays. Um, I mean, I, I guess I didn't men mention Garrison Matthews at 3,200, but um, certainly in the conversation as well as far as value plays. Okay. Memphis and San Antonio. Grizzlies, five-and-a-half-point favorites, 233 total. Uh, obviously, we know there's no job Morant. Jaron Jackson Jr., however, remains questionable. Um, the prices, you're, you're starting to see salaries rise a little bit, but it's it's not even as much that as it just – you're always you're always trying to figure out which one of these guys it's going to be. Is it going to be Bain? Is it going to be Brooks? Steven Adams will pop off from time to time. DeAnthony Melton off the bench. Tyus Jones, though, 5,700, should get 30-plus minutes. Uh, any any real priorities for the Grizzlies? I think Jones is the closest thing to a priority. Same price point as Teo Maladon. You know, kind of mentioned that there's not a ton to love in that price range. So I expect that you'll see some ownership there. Right now, we have them at like 16%. Um, I do think that you should pay attention to him versus Maladon. I don't think that Teo Maladon should be twice as popular as Tyus Jones. Uh, I think they're both good plays, though. Um, beyond that, you know, if Jackson's out, you do get a little bit more usage for Bain. You get more playing time for $4,400 Kyle Anderson. If Jackson's in, him and Bain still certainly have high ceilings, but they're also priced for it. Uh, Dylan Brooks at 6200 is, I think, still a solid play, but that price tag's come up a little bit as well. San Antonio, Lonnie Walker Jr. is expected – sorry, Lonnie Walker the fourth is expected to play in this one. He's been out for, for a bit of time now. I don't really have much interest in the rest of this team outside of just the general question of DeJounte Murray against Memphis in a fast pace or high scoring game that should be remotely competitive. Does he make for a good tournament play given that he's only getting like 6% right now? Yeah, 6% uh, projected ownership, 10% chance of being in the optimal lineup. He's just really, really good. Um, he's a little bit less expensive than guys like Luka and Jokic. So potentially you can upgrade another spot in your lineup as well by using Murray. Uh, I, I think he looks very good in tournaments. Caleb McLean, y'all just eat straight up poison. God damn. Well, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna get you one way or another, pal. You know, there's no stopping now. Oh, Quiznos. Yeah, I remember that Quiznos days. I had a Quiznos right by toasty man i think the only time i ever had it was when i was at coastal carolina there was one near our apartments it's actually pretty good Sa sandwiches are definitely the one thing that i like once i moved to the city i kind of stopped ordering from chain places because yeah because you can get better. some good stuff yeah actually around me too there's just great hoagies and, and cheesesteaks and stuff around this way so yeah i'm not going to like wawa for a cheesesteak right Phoenix and Golden State Warriors. We got two games to go here. We'll talk about Phoenix first. So the Suns, what's the spread on this one? Four and a half. Yeah, four and a half, 224 total. Cameron Johnson's doubtful. JaVale McGee is out. 
Uh, and hit the, by the way, 500 people watching, hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Greatly appreciate you guys. And we're like 30 subscribers away from 75,000. If you're hanging out and still, oh my God, that sneeze was insane, Jordan. And you're, you're still. Oh, you're watching him. No, the, the the face. Yeah. It looked like he just took like the a couple of Will Smith shots to each side of the face <laughs> back and forth. Do you want to get to Phoenix at all? Um, I think Chris Paul at 8K still looks fine. I think Aiton looks okay at 6,900. Um, Booker clearly gives you a massive ceiling, but I think it's a little bit more difficult to get to that price tag. I would throw him in like the Lamelo category where nobody's going to be surprised if Devin Booker breaks the slate, but I think he's pretty much priced correctly. I think the only two guys that look a little bit mispriced are Paul and Aiton. That's simple enough. Golden State Warriors. Then, Like I said, some of these teams are just really not going to need to spend a lot of time on. Yeah, and I think Golden State is kind of one of them. You know, Jordan pulls up to 8,200. You have Clay playing. Either of those guys can certainly go nuts, but I think they're both priced about where they should be, if not a little bit overpriced. Same for Wiggins. Um, Green at 5,800, you know, minutes are slowly getting there, but uh, not like he's, you know, a high usage guy or a great point per minute guy or anything. Um, so not a lot from Golden State. Looks and not a particularly great matchup either. Right. I mean, I don't hate Jordan Poole, even at that price, just because, you know, since Curry, in games without Curry, he's still averaging like 12 potential assists, you know, even alongside Dre, he's getting there and his usage is high. He chucks up a ton of threes. So if he gets hot, you're going to get some, some big games out of him, but it's still a bit pricey. All right. Last game here. Before we do, uh, shout out to sit back, relax, breaks of God. It's breaksofgod.com fantasy sports fans. What if you caught a break with the potential to net a couple hundred thousand dollars with less than a hundred dollar investment? Well, we got great news because breaksofgod.com is the place to catch that break. Breaks of God, latest sports card collecting trying to catch fire in America. And it's how sports card collectors of all ages are building high value card collections without huge investment or risk. It's quickly become a popular and economical way for sports fans to get potentially high value or rare cards without having to buy a $1,500 box or case themselves. From football to baseball and everything in between, there are many slot options available for under $100 so you can get in on the big money action. Breaks of God box breaks dramatically increase your odds of getting big money sports trading cards for a fraction of the cost of expensive, hard-to-get boxes. And all the cards are broken from sealed premium boxes live on Instagram, and the cards are shipped directly to you for free when the live break is over. Slots are limited, though, so act fast. And to learn more about how you can hit big money cards and get 30% off your first break, go to breaksaguide.com slash A30. That's A30, like awesome, though. Breaksaguide.com slash A30 and get 30% off your first break. Now, chat and Jordan, where should we be following them on Instagram? At Breaks of Gad. Breaks of Gad. <laughs> Breaksaguide.com. Check it out. All right. By the way, Adam, we don't have time for this today because both have a lot of stuff to do, a lot of games, a lot of work. I had a, I had an observation, a thought, a deep thought. Did yesterday. you say we don't have time for this and then just launch? I'm not getting into it. I'm I'm oh, setting okay. it up so we can get into this some other time. I want Jordan to remind me that that I would love to get your opinion on. I would love to do it now, but I know that we'll go down a rabbit hole of just you know you know how it works, but. Jordan, remind me of this observation next time Adam and I are on a show together, please. Thank you. Look, he's right. This guy's the best. All right. New Orleans and Portland. What was the observation? 
Uh-uh. No, no, no. I'm not oh, gonna, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. I'm not going to get into that because if I do, I know I, if I even mention it to you, you're going to start thinking about it and you're going to, I just know where it'll go. Yeah. Yeah. Know, okay. Know. Yeah. I, I appreciate that because I was already feeling the pressure of not giving my immediate <laughs> response. That's what I mean. We can't do that. <laughs> All right. New Orleans and Portland. We'll wrap it up with this. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Keep an eye on Valanchunas. He's questionable today. That could have pretty significant implications here on, on what we're, what we're doing. But uh, does it? Do we have? Do we right now? It looks like we're have Jonas considered basically out. Do you see the ownership projections? Um. Yeah, have, I mean that's I, in the morning. I think we normally have when, when guys are questionable, we have really low ownership. But I mean, we have Hernan Gomez. At, oh yeah, at fifteen <clears> percent. <throat> well, he's thirty five hundred too, though. Like he probably. Yeah, but, he, but he's not yeah. even in the rotation, really. If uh... that's what I mean, like yeah. four minutes last game, right? So all I'm saying is, is, is Willie Hernan Gomez becomes the best value on the slate if Val's out, at least right now. Yeah, assuming that, so he becomes a good value one way or the other. Assuming he starts, he becomes clearly like the best value at 3,500. Um, the alternative would be that you get Devontae Graham in the starting lineup with Jackson Hayes starting at the five. But even True. if that happens, you're probably talking about like at least you know. 22 minutes 18 to 20 minutes from yeah. Hernan Gomez if not more that would make him really really interesting it would also make Hayes you know more interesting if he starts at the five does it make Nance is do, available too what's up Nance is also available so that's oh somebody. right that's right he yeah he's been playing like 18 minutes a night good point so we'll see how yeah I still think Hernan Gomez could start but uh do you want to get to Ingram or anybody else here um I think that so if Jovell's in at 8,300, I think that he's in this conversation as well. But McCollum, Jovell, Ingram, they're just all, I think, solid tournament plays, maybe a little bit overpriced if all three are in, but still really high ceilings against a horrible Portland team. Um, it's just one of those situations where New Orleans is going to score a lot of points. And on av like if you take the averages, it makes it look like McCollum, Jovell, and Ingram are all like correctly priced. But within one given game, you can certainly just see one of those guys take over. Rick Anderson, can't lie, LOL, this show has become a talk show, but I still watch, shaking my head, LOL. I think it's a good combination. We just did 11 games in an hour, you yeah. know, and then just threw a little bit in in to make it more fun. Um, and one one thing just to mention, because Arkathelza mentioned it in chat just now, uh, he said, oh, forgot about Nance. That's what happened to Hernan Gomez's minutes. Last game, Nance didn't play, and Hernan Gomez still played three minutes. Yeah, so I don't know. It, the starting lineup is going to be huge. Like we just got to figure out what's going on with the starting lineup. Yeah, uh, Hayes we, was just the backup center for most of last game. Are, are we priced out of Portland outside of Keon Johnson now? Hopefully, um, but yeah, I mean, price tags have come up pretty drastically. Keon Johnson at forty seven hundred, like you said, I think still looks okay. Still wouldn't be a priority for me. Um, but Eubanks getting up to eighty one hundred. Brandon Williams at seventy four hundred. These guys are all starting to get pretty difficult to get to unless you get another situation where you know portland has eight players but uh greg brown's probable dd Lozada's probable for the first time in i don't know all season um so not quite as shorthanded as they were last game all right anything else not bad time for an 11 gamer yeah no i think that that's it appreciate you guys hanging out as always this has been a lot of fun hit that thumbs up on your way out subscribe what else we got uh breaksofgod.com use the promo code trout get 25 percent off the year 
And uh, maybe I'll go get, how, how long? Oh, I don't have time. Maybe tomorrow I'll run and get me some, what do you call them? Chicken minis or something? Yeah. Chicken minis? All right. I'll give it a whirl. I'll report back. I'll grab some milk tea while I'm at it. Don't forget uh, whatever that ball combination was. Oh, the meatball stew or whatever he was drinking? Yeah, yeah, the, what, uh, yeah, yeah the, the balls. He boba was tea? Yeah, that. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to get on that as well. All right, guys, appreciate you. We'll see you soon. Follow Adam and ship my money, DFS, me at Lafayette underscore D. And shout out to your boy, Jordan Klein, as always, for producing this show. Peace.